no money in poetry That's what sets a poet free I've had all the freedom I can stand You got your cold dog soup and rainbow pie All it takes to get me by Fool my belly till the day I die Cold dog soup and rainbow pie Are you ready for a podcast? <laughs> Call Cold Dog Soup. Hey guys. So jarring. Coming in hot, boys. I'm coming in hot. I mean, I'm filling my oats. We're done with COVID. That's over yeah. and done with. Back to our lives. We're living. We're doing it. This is a podcast called Cold Dog Soup, the mixtape. And this is going to surprise everybody today because guess what? I didn't pick this song. <laughs> That's not necessarily a shock because, you know, we trade off. Sometimes you pick, sometimes I pick. But I'm here to tell you, nobody listening to this is going to think that you are the one that picked today's jam. You the audience? I'm going to give, <laughs> you know, them, the paying customer. Mm-hmm. Um I'm going to turn this over to you. This is the part where I usually do some roundabout thing where I twist and turn. I take <clears> us on a little journey to get to where I reveal the the open the mystery kimono and say, here's the song that fell out. Would you like to hear it? I'm not going to do that today. Do, That's your part, Shawnee. So take her away. Do things fall out when you open your kimono? So, all right, I'm going to tell a story real quick. You, need a, uh, you might need to see a doctor. <laughs> friend of mine was telling me about a work meeting they had once and their director of their department said yeah we're just going to really get down into it in this meeting we're going to open the kimono and we're going to see what junk falls out <laughs> and that person was steve jobs steve torps steve torps too lavar alexander number two <laughs> Um, today's song is, uh, OD'd in Denver by Hank Williams Jr. And, uh... What? You picked a Hank Williams Jr. song? That's problematic. You know, I, uh, I went through my country phase, I think, in, uh, in middle school. Uh, my sister started listening to Garth, and then that got me onto pop country, uh, which extended into Alan Jackson, John Michael Montgomery, etc. Uh, um, Clint Black, uh, your George, your George Strait, um... By the way, there's an awesome... George identifies <laughs> as to be clear. Um, by the way, there's an awesome documentary on George Jones that I need to watch. Apparently, he went crazy later on in his life where he um, spoke as a, a, a duck character who fought with uh-huh. who fought with an old man character. Yep. And then he yep. kicked the imaginary duck off the tour bus. And, uh-huh. and then he made the tour bus driver miles down the road stop, turn around, and pick up the imaginary duck because he felt bad. George drank a lot. George. And I mean a real, real lot. He went through a lot of shit, you know. Tammy left him. All bad. Drove a lawnmower around a good bit. Mm-hmm. You know. And in his next video. Being a country musician. But what a great segue you did here, Shawnee. Being a country musician is hard, apparently. It is. If I'm to believe, if I'm to believe them. Um, at least it's hard if you're doing it right. Um, it's hard to do it without apparently substance abuse, unless your name is Jason Isbell, in which case you kick the habit and you become even better at being a country musician. Strange, ain't it? Real strong. You really cracked the code. Um, but yeah, 
but you know, and that's that has always been sort of a, a weird juxtaposition for me with Hank Senior and Junior both. Um, certainly, their audience wouldn't think of them as they would. Their audience would certainly be quick to vilify a substance abuser. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> but like these dudes are telling you straight up, no, we got after it a lot. There is a, um, and that was not uncommon. There's a um, there's an article in the Houston Press that is now 11 years old. <clears throat> Houston, <laughs> and it's called uh, "Lonesome, Ornery, and Mean." Odie in Denver and other drug-addled Americana songs. So, if you were to take a guess, these are there are only five songs listed. And if you were to take a guess, these are the five quintessential uh, drug-addled Americana songs. As listed by William Michael Smith in the in the Houston Press, August twenty first, two thousand nine. Um, two of them are John Prine songs. Uh, Sam Stone. Yep. And what's the other one? Uh, Great Compromise, maybe. Illegal Smiles. Illegal Smile. Yeah, okay. Smile. Right. Sorry, that's fair. That's fair. Um, and God, man, we should do Great Compromise. I mean. There, there are. It's topical. It's super topical right now. <laughs> there are several. There are several um, uh, John Prine songs that we should. What do. else is on that list? Tell me what else is on that list. Um, so number one, I don't think it's in any particular order, but number one is "Odeed in Denver" by Hank Williams Jr. Um, number two, John Prine, Sam Stone. Certainly, there's a hole in Daddy's arm where all the money goes. Ranks as the most tragic Americana lines ever written, especially if you lived through the nah, Vietnam War. If you grew up in the Vietnam era, you probably know someone who went down Sam Stone's post-war path. Writer John Pruitt describes Sam Stone as being like the the movie the Deer Hunter put to songs, uh, to song. <clears throat> Sweet songs never last too long on broken radios. Um, John Prine, Illegal Smile. Prine was never better than when he used irony and sarcasm to point to the idiocy of reactionaries and the laws they hide behind. There were lots of marijuana songs that emerged during the hippie era, but perhaps none with as memorable a lyric as, if you see me tonight with an illegal smile, it doesn't cost much that lasts a long while. So if you please tell, so won't you please tell the man I didn't kill anyone. I was just trying to have me some fun. Well done. Hot dog bun. My sister's a nun. <laughs> um, Arlo Guthrie coming into Los Angeles. And I'm not ready to call that an Americana song, but sure. Well, whatever. I, I think anything Guthrie is going to be labeled Americana. I guess. De facto. Um, it doesn't get any straighter than that, Mr. Customs Man. There was a time when the song was on every turntable in the counterculture. A kind of coming out song for pot smokers and rabble rousers. Uh, rounding up the list is Warren Zevon's Carmelita. Carmelita is does not fit with this list at all. I mean, he's just listing some. He should have listed any drug songs with the way he put this together. But whatever, it's a great fucking tune, though. I mean, Last Dance with Carmelita Mary Jane could be in there. <laughs> it could be. It very well. Like for me, if I was to pick like two quintessential drug songs, mm-hmm. it's Carmelita and Heroin by Velvet Underground because. Um, they tell the tale of the drug addict. Mm-hmm. It's all about waiting. It's all about not knowing if you're going to get your fix. It's not the. It, it's not telling the tale of what it's like to be high on the drug. It's telling the tale of what it's like to be addicted to the drug. And man, is it a monster! Carmelita is a fucking monster. Um, I guess Sunday morning coming down doesn't need to be on here because that's more of a 
I mean, that's just booze. Yeah, that's just booze. Um, <clears throat> lots of heroin and addiction. Salt. I mean, I guess it's not just booze. He said I smoked so much the night before, but that could have been that was cigarettes though. So I, that's a booze song. I'm ready to put that in the booze category. And you know, a booze hound don't like to put that booze. Down. Just ask Steve Starkeesian. <clears throat> lots of heroin and addiction songs have been written, but no one captured the desperation of heroin like Zevon did. In in, a, in this carefully drawn portrait, Carmelita, hold me tighter. I believe I'm sinking down, and I'm strung out on heroin on the outskirts of town. So those are the other four that this writer uh, kind of compares to um, Odeed in Denver. But Odeed in Denver kind of has just like, it's it's my piano, man. I want to swing a beer back and forth. Yeah, it, it, really, it really does not line up subject matter with the with the soundscape on this it's 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 upbeat and it's not upbeat in the way to like as a game to play that you're gonna like like uh semi-charmed life is about heroin addiction but it's like do 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 and also you know written so poorly you couldn't know it in how dare you how fucking dare you third eye blind third eye blind is the truth my friend And no, it does not get much better than Semi-Charmed Life by Third Eye Blind. It, well, <laughs> that, that tells you everything you need to know. <laughs> um, spe- man, especially when that like hidden verse hits. Ugh, chef's kiss. Um, go to on karaoke so uh and that's kind of like this song with my relationship with bocephus because um hank williams jr's let me down a lot not just because like we disagree politically but just because he's an asshole he is an asshole there's just no getting in or around that um i'm going to allow him his political leanings because of who he is and where he's from. Sure. Um, he chose to live in Coleman, Alabama. <laughs> so that really is going to tell me everything I need to know about him. Um, but that's fine. Like, if you're listening to country music, you're going to get some of that because those guys come from demographics where that is the normal. And there is something to be said for kind of the authenticity. And I don't mean to, like, uh, you know, give him more credit than it was due. He's just a he's just a dirty redneck and he made good music. Um, but it, this reminds me of a – I was listening to this podcast episode um, a couple weeks ago and it's about – <clears throat> there's a label out in California called Burger Records. I don't know if you've heard of this in the, in the news lately, but <clears throat> basically it's, you know, a mid, a mid sized, uh, label in California that <clears throat> has like a bunch of, it, you know, it's probably 10, 15, 20 years old. And, um, basically it had to dissolve because it had a, it's like the big 10 of record labels. Like 60% of the bands were, um, 60% of the bands were um, uh, basically accused and admitted mm. to, like, grooming underage girls. Ooh. And there's even, like, um, there's even, like, uh, like lyrics to point to that are, like, you know, th- they're disgusting. But then, like, um, the head of the record label was, like, you know, people write, write songs all the time. Like, you can't expect everybody to live exactly what they write. I mean, does anybody really uh, believe Gigi Allen was exactly, like, a stage persona? And I was, like, yes. yes. We know for a fact yes. he was in the documentary. <laughs> we know that's what he was. Uh, I, I'm going to tie this all up with a joke. They were going to do this song, I promise. Um, but one night, 
I'm standing around somewhere and a friend of mine says, Hankins, I need your musical expertise. And he shows me a, a picture on his phone. And um, and I was like, what are, you, what are you asking me about? And it's a guy playing guitar. It's just a, a still image. I'm like, what is it? He says, and the, the caption says, a pop punk band's favorite chord. And I look closer and the guy's playing A minor. It's true, man. It is true. Like, I don't know it's, if it's because they're all 25 and they're singing for, like, 13-year-olds, but, like... Yes, you nailed it. You nailed it. Uh, <laughs> That's what it is. All right, moving on. Odeed in Denver. Uh, Hank Williams Jr. from the album Whiskey Bent and Hellbound. Um, I, Which is a good song, too. It, it's a very good... This is a good album, honestly. I, I, like, I like the scream quality of this. Like, all these just have choruses you just want to scream. It's... Um, I first heard this song <clears throat> um, probably, like, in high school or something like that. I was, on, I was on a trip, and I was just at a hotel pool alone at, like, 2 o'clock in the morning. And the song, and, and the song came on, like... And I, and I had no idea what it was. And, you know, we didn't have... Um, Co- uh, uh, what's the a robot to say robot? What song? Is yeah, exactly. And so um, I just had to remember those the lyrics, and I looked it up on the internet like the the next chance I got, and I'm like, I love this fucking song, so I downloaded it for free. I, I had never heard this <laughs> until you mentioned it to me, you know, a year ago. Yeah, it's a it's a winner, and it's I don't know, it's just fun. Like I said, it's my piano man, so we should get into it. Well, it starts with that great bass line. Mm-hmm. Dum- and you, you kind of, it, it lets you think, okay, this is just a regular country song that I'm used to, and we're going to tap our feet, and we're going to boot scoot a little bit, and we're going to get out of here. Maybe we're going to hear about a dog or a truck and a, a lady that we like, or maybe a lady that don't like us anymore. We're, we're ready for the thing we're ready for. And then you get hit in the face with this. Maybe you're parked down by the lake. <laughs> don't you get me started. We might have to do that song. <laughs> maybe you got a truck, baby truck. Um, okay. We started the tour out in Denver, Colorado. <clears throat> I made the first one, but I did not make the second show. <laughs> Stop. <laughs> so, my man is already out at the second show. The second show he did not make it to. <laughs> it's his tour. Mm-hmm. He's on tour. They started in Denver. Fine. First night's fine. He's good. He's good to go. He does not make the second show. Please proceed. Because <laughs> I met this girl there that brought about quite a big change. But I OD'd in Denver and I just can't remember her name. Oh, that's so good. That's a really good, that's a way to get a song going. And right off the bat, you're punched with something you did not expect. <laughs> like, I didn't make the second show. That's not that crazy of a, of a country lyric. I met a girl who brought about a really big chain, stock, stock and trade. But OD'd, you don't talk about OD'd no. in country songs. No. <laughs> At least not if you're the guy not, singing. Not Hank Williams Jr., honestly. Because, I mean, Hank Williams Jr. has always been, like, <clears throat> pop country. I mean, not pop, but popular, like, accessible country music. Like, he's he's a, it's a little bit of Outlaw and a little bit of Alan Jackson, you know? Yeah, yeah, I think that's fair. Now, I think, you know, a lot of what we might know him from because of our age and just when we got into it, he had kind of softened up by then. Um, But 
you know, it, it had an edge to it always. But yeah, I don't expect to hear the word overdose or an allusion to an overdose in anything. What year did this come out? You go ahead. I'm going to figure out what year. It was, it was 79. Okay, <clears throat> 79, we haven't crossed over fully into sort of the pop country that we know. Right. Um, of course, you know, Glenn Campbell and things like that were on the radio. But, like, the the outlaw heart was still kind of thumping. Yeah, sure. At that point in time. Um, yeah, and, I mean, it's uh, – also, I, I just imagine, like, not making the second show, the ticket holders find out at the show. Oh, yeah, there was no – the show went on. <laughs> and I'd imagine the band played, too. They played the hell out of it. Somebody them. else just sang the songs, <laughs> um, whoever the opener was. I'm sure Freddie Fender had to cover for <laughs> Bo Cephas that night. So he didn't make the second show because he met the girl, not because he overdosed. I made the first one, but I did not make the second show because I met this girl there that brought about quite a big change. But I owe Dean in Denver. I just can't remember her name. I, me- I imagine she came backstage after the first show. <laughs> yes. And he was like, in Denver. all right, y'all, I'll be right back. <laughs> and and that- he goes out and gets gacked up with his lady. <laughs> and and someone says, someone jokingly says, ha ha, and that's the last time we saw Hank. Ha ha ha. Which is also a good song. The last time I saw Hank is a wonderful song. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so he gets he gets gacked up on on nose clams, um, <laughs> Rocky Mountain oysters. I think they call <laughs> Rocky Mountain oysters. He toot he toots a speedball of White Rock. <laughs> um, okay, at Red Rock. <laughs> yeah, well, that's a I guess you could say that my life lo- uh, hmm. <clears throat> I guess you could say that my love life was not up to par. Too many nights alone had left some permanent scars. She told me she'd love me, and I told her I'd do the same. Then I OD'd in Denver, and I just can't remember her name. <laughs> so, so Bo Cephas is out here. And, uh, you know, he's really hurting from all the ladies that have loved him and left him. He's in a dry, he's one, in a dry spot. He's having a little slump. And this fucking Denver omelet <laughs> a pill on him. She just puts that whipple pill on him, but I do think that it is brilliant writing. You know, she told me she loved me. He could have said, I told her the same, but I told her I'd do the same. That changes the complexity of that. That is that is future speaking. <laughs> He's spoken to future tense on that. Might not love you right now, but I promise you, I, I'll get around. I that. will do I it. I swear to you. The only thing that could stop me from loving you is if somehow I forgot your name. And that's definitely not going to happen Snort. Say Cheryl. Snort. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I brought it on myself, and I guess that I shouldn't complain. This is the the chorus, by the way. I brought it on myself, and I guess that I shouldn't complain. Doc said, son, you can't do any more of that cocaine. (laughs) That's a medical diagnosis. My medical diagnosis for you, Bocephus, is don't do any more cocaine. (laughs) But she made. I think your memory loss problems are directly related to cocaine intake. But she made me higher than any of those expensive things. But I owe in Denver, and I wish I could remember her name. So, Shawnee, did he OD on cocaine or love? Mm. Now that's a good question. Because right there he's saying she made him higher than all those expensive things. He OD'd on love. 
that changes everything. But it was definitely cocaine. <clears throat> yeah, like, yeah. He had it was, a fucking doctor's note. <laughs> it was definitely that 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 tweet tweet. Um, I he had a doctor's note. Hey man, want to buy some coke? No, I have a doctor's note here. Said I can't do no. anymore. No, my doctor says I can't do cocaine anymore. <laughs> Motherfucker had a note. <laughs> Why don't you sell it to him? Motherfucker had a note. Motherfucker had a note. I couldn't fuck with it. I respect the medical profession. <laughs> I turn to other things trying to make my daydreams real, but they don't take the place of the woman's face and her feels. <clears throat> now I'm gonna stop here because this this is this always reminds me of um and I heard this before I heard this drive by trucker song, but the um the weakest man. Um, that coolie song. There's a line in there that says, uh, that body in that pretty dress you wore, dear, fit my shaking hand just like a glove. I always equate those two lines. <clears throat> um, but they don't take the place of a woman's face and her feels. It just, it just, like, it, and that go, it kind of goes back into like the origin of love, how we're all just trying to shove ourselves back together. Yep. <laughs> and I mean, Fucking Bocephus got them trembling, gacked up hands <laughs> on a pretty little old filly's fucking dress. And uh, and he just felt her, man. He just felt it. She treated me nice, and I'd like to find her again. But I OD'd in Denver, and I just can't remember her name. <laughs> but the, the, while I'm laughing and we're having a hoot. The sadness of that line. It's terrible. Not, you know, like, it's, it's not that, you know, he's... He's not going over the moon about how great she worked. She had a pretty face and she felt nice. Cool. That's women do. Most women do. Um, and but the thing that got him was, you know, she really treated me nice. That's the thing Bocephus had been missing was just being treated like a human being. I have a friend, um, you know, uh, might not be in a good uh, good relationship right now. And uh, for one reason or another, I'd like for you to keep my business off this podcast. <laughs> for one reason or another, um, he or she cannot cannot uh, cannot leave the relationship right now. Um, and uh, I, I I told him I was like, you know, we just need to find you a good partner. Like, you, w- what are you looking for in a, in a partner? And they said, just someone who's nice. And that broke my yeah. fucking heart. Yeah, that is that is a killer, man. But it is more often the case than not right like just somebody to be kind of nice to you to act like you fucking to make it feel like you're worth the effort fuck how about that how about that folks <sighs> just to make you feel like you're worth worth the effort what hatchet face nashville whores <laughs> had both cephas been running around with that was just giving him some of those blues you nothing hanky you're nothing. You're, nothing. You're, You're always nothing. gonna be nothing, Hanky. <laughs> You're nothing. Monday Night Football's not gonna like your song. <laughs> You're no John Tesh. Get out of here. After you go to Denver, go to hell, Hanky. You won't even make the second show, Hanky. <laughs> Oh, I'm going to show you hatchet face. <laughs> I'm going to show all of you. This is happening in the parking lot of the Hermitage Cafe, like at two o'clock in the morning. 100%. That's the only, I, that was what was in my mind. <laughs> and she had just gotten off work. 
She it, it was. I, I'm not shitting you at all. It was it was the uh, Libby. I believe yeah, was her yeah, name. Yeah. It was Libby who I was envisioning the whole time. I love her so much. Rest in power, Queen. I love her. Oh no, did she pass? Oh yeah, I think so. Uh-huh. I've been dead for a while. Yeah. My yeah. God, she spoke 19. She just spoke a pack of cigarettes while we were sitting. <laughs> her daughter Sherry is wonderful and doing a great job. That's good. <clears throat> I brought it on myself, and I guess that I shouldn't complain. Doc said, son, you can't do any more of that cocaine. Cannot. But she made me higher than all of those expensive things. And this is my favorite part. But I OD'd in Denver. Wish I could remember her name. Kind of <laughs> overdid it in Denver, and I just can't remember her name. I love it. He drops down low. I love it. I love it how he follows up, but I overdid it in Denver with kind of overdid it in Denver. <laughs> Kinda, guys. If I'm being honest with you, I kind of overdid it when we were in Denver. Because he's not talking about the same overdose. These are four different overdoses. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of overdoses that Hank, Hanky went. <laughs> you gonna be nothing, Hanky? Try getting down that road with that confusing traffic light. There's a there's a confusing traffic light that's you can only go straight through it during certain hours of the day. I'm not making that up, right? No, you're not. <laughs> it's, a, it's, you're not. it's a confusing traffic no. light. <laughs> I saw a goth kid masturbating in that cemetery up the street, Hanky. This is very local Nashville reference. We're going to get over so big in the Music City. It is, it is the best diner in Nashville, 71 Hermitage Avenue. It opens at 10 p.m. Closes at 2 p.m. <laughs> If you were to tell me the Hermitage Cafe was only four, it's like four point eight stars. Well deserved, too. Ah, uh, bullshit! <laughs> Give them their point too. The fuck are y'all doing? Um, if you were to tell me it was only open from ten p.m. to two a.m., I would believe you. I'd believe you too, pal. Nope. Oh, P to P, <laughs> one of my favorite restaurants on the planet. That's not a joke. No, that's the real deal. That fish plate, man. My God, what I wouldn't do. Entrance around the what corner. What I wouldn't do. God bless. God bless. I miss that place. Whew. You got anything else about this? Shit? <laughs> that's the song. It, but it's it it is it is a a very enjoyable. I love it. Wonderful song. Uh, something you can tap your foot to. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny. It's sad. It is. It's well written with regular ass words. Mm-hmm. Um, and I bet you, I bet Bocephus didn't fret over it more than we have right now when he wrote the damn thing. No, he moved on. <laughs> Not to that second show, though. <laughs> no. Not to that second show. I wonder if he made the rest of the tour. I was just going to say, what do you think happened when he shows up at the third show? Yeah. What happens at show number three? Like, does he meet the band in Tucson? <laughs> yes. And you know who drives him to that show? <laughs> Fucking. Goddamn hatchet chase. <laughs> Yo, that's what, and why, that's what happens. Like that's the only person he could remember to call. He, he kicks the cocaine because he, he, he can't remember the nice woman's name. And then at the last second, at the all is lost moment, hatchet face shows up in Denver. She said, I drove here from Nashville just to see you and take you to Tucson. To see you at your lowest, Hanky. You're nothing like I always said you would be. But with me, we could be something. Ladies and gentlemen, this has been called Doctor with the Mixtape. 
Can't remember her 